0: Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision Podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. We're so excited to jump into today's episode, but before we do, here's a quick word from one of our sponsors.
1: Hey everyone, how's it going? This is the 4040 Vision Podcast, the ultimate sports history pod featuring hosts for this episode. That's me, Simon Dahoo, joined by uh 4040 podcast uh supreme leader khal Abdullah. how's it going it's going good man good good well look what I wanted to talk about today uh is a topic that among sports fans is complete fodder i don't know if this is a cheap opportunity to talk about uh the the soup du jour if you will uh deandre hopkins took a deal with the tennessee titans and That sounds like, uh, I don't know, he could have gone to the Bills, someone who might need an elite wide receiver, given how good he is. And I started thinking about other athletes that, uh, are they in it for the money? Are they in it for winning? Is it something else for the love of the game? Things like that. Um, So I want to go through uh these athletes that like when what constitutes that like when are you when is it clear to fans and critics and maybe even other players that you're in it for the money um or you're all about winning uh and what defines that are we the arbors of that not really but we're gonna pretend to be today is that i think that's fair for sure Like, what do you think about this talk before we get into it? Like, is this something you, you think about, uh, do you, do you look at players on teams you root for and think about them like this? Like, what's your take?
0: I think when I was younger, maybe a bit more naive, I was like, yo, it's all about the glory. It's all about winning. Nothing matters more than winning. And then I think as I became an adult and, uh, I had built like real bills to pay. It wasn't just like my cell phone bill and, uh, You know, $1,500 for a used car. True story, I bought my first car for about $1,500 in 2004. Uh, So I have real, real bills, a mortgage, a family to support, kids to pay for, childcare. I was like, man, you know, a lot of money would solve, I don't know, 80% of my problems. So I think that that's when my thinking started to change and my, you know, my understanding for, to use the common phrase, for guys chasing the bag, like made more sense to me. Uh, I still think it's admirable to prioritize winning over chasing the bag, but I'm not mad when guys do it. I'll put it like that. Sure.
1: And we're not saying that chasing the money is a bad thing, but there are reasons why someone will get put into that category and in some cases possibly deserved. Uh, And I'm hinting at uh, some people that I might think so. I might become a hot take artist today to some degree. Might show my biases. Speaking of first cars, mine was also fifteen hundred (laughs) dollars. It was a nineteen eighty nine Volvo seven hundred and forty intercooler white station wagon. Did I get like fifteen thousand or
0: something?
1: Yeah, that thing that thing was tough though. You punch it, it'll punch you back. (laughs) That thing was made of
0: vibranium, bro. I think I'm picturing it. I I think I could. I know exactly what car you're talking about, and I could totally picture that. That's amazing.
1: (laughs) <laughs> it's bulletproof.
0: Um, okay. So, I mean, first, first topic,
1: let's break down the difference between these two things. Like when you're getting, when an athlete is uh, in it for the money, in it for the winning, uh, or, or and, and kind of the, 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 the paradigm shift that we see in sports today because there's so much money out there. So, when, when I think about athletes getting paid, you look at sports history. Let's do some sports history here. It's a sports history podcast. The, uh, I believe Michael Jordan, for example, who we'll talk about maybe once or twice here, it made $94 million in his career, which is good, right? Uh, cerebral winner, we'll say that t- time and time again. He also, uh, I, I believe, was taken advantage of. He was offered a $25 million contract in the 90s, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Magic Johnson was offered a $25 million contract in nineteen eighty for 25 years (laughs) a million dollars a year they were furious at the time at the size of his contract even though it was some chelsea football club amortization scheme wink wink Uh, i know you're a chelsea fan so (laughs) I, i look at that and the money today is just so different it's understandable when an athlete looks at that and says this is generational wealth versus what they used to get there are trailblazers to some degree that didn't really have a choice but they had to go through these bad contracts quote-unquote or contracts that didn't meet their actual worth or the value um, of their the quality of their play that they brought to their club and this can apply to, to to many sports we'll just use basketball because it's this money has only been around for about 25 years or so that's
0: been so game-changing. What, 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 what do you say to that? I mean, I, I think basketball is, is the great example. I mean, you talked about uh, Magic with that $25 million contract. It sounded like an absurd number at the time, but then you know, it was a million dollars a year, which is it's not chump change, but it's not uh, indicative of the value that he brought to the Lakers, to the league, to basketball in general. And I think that there's a, there's a reason why a lot of these old basketball heads are really upset at some of the numbers that were thrown around. I mean, we're going to talk about one of the, the guy the the poster boys for this. I mean, he's a, he's a great player in Damian Lillard, but he's scheduled to make like sixty million dollars in in a couple of years, and that's you, you said Michael Jordan made ninety four million his whole career. I mean, Dame, Lillard, Dame Lillard's been in the league for eleven years. He's already made two hundred fifty million dollars just off basketball not not including the endorsements not including anything like that I talked about it on the the short that I did last week so the numbers are are astronomical and I mean it's it's not quite as extreme as this but I think of it as in terms of like you know those industrial revolution workers and in, in the 1900s or or the first unions that came about and it like these guys were the ones that decided that you know we need a minimum wage we need a 40 hour work week we need Uh, you know bargaining agreements and labor agreements and things like that and you can take that same line of thinking and you apply it to sports because back in the day when there weren't these labor agreements and bargaining agreements you could do stuff like a million dollars a year over 25 years there was no limit set on these contracts for better or worse so jerry bus or some of these other owners who had a little more foresight i think i'm thinking about uh the Bulls, when, when they offered, uh, was it a seven-year deal or a nine-year deal or something to Scottie Pippen? And he ended up taking it, complained about being underpaid and stuff like that. But they used to take advantage of these guys, basically. It sounds kind of funny to say that you're being taken advantage of being paid a million dollars a year, but it, it is that, that's exactly what's happening because you're not being paid according to the value that you bring. So I, I get why people are upset, but it, it's only fair that you're paid – What you you know for the value that you bring to the league and to your team?
1: Yeah, I think basketball is the perfect example to use for this, just because some other sports have been around for a while, and the money in basketball is just so much greater than some of these other sports like football, where the contracts are rarely fully guaranteed. Uh, You'll see someone like Christian McCaffrey getting. I don't know, forty some million dollars guaranteed and then Grant Williams has like eighty million dollars guaranteed or something like that or Dylan Brooks, you know. Have you seen those memes?
0: Um, This is very of like, you know, it's it's no to use your example, it'd be like, you know, Grant Williams and Christian McCaffrey are in a club and you know, Grant looks at Christian, he's like, Don't worry about it, I'll I'll cover the bill. Or don't worry, you know, it's on me. (laughs) Just because it's it's funny money in the NBA, of course, compared to the NFL. You can talk about roster size and you know, the dangers that come with playing football and all that. But yeah, it's it's those are hilarious. to me.
1: And obviously, the money in soccer has been unlimited for a very long time. It's very different. That's a totally different global game. The money there is crazy baseball also has had massive contracts. So some of those conversations have been around a lot longer. I think basketball is caught up given the value of the sport. Let's turn it over to the winning side of it. So when you look at winning what 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 why do we call them winners i mean there's a lot of winners out there right there's definitely and they're not nonprofits, they're not charities so to speak when they sign their contracts we look at someone like uh tom brady uh the greatest winner in in football sacrificed is that the only example of winning or do we only use him because he took less money and the patriots just signed a bunch of uh shopping carts as wide receivers uh, that they found lying around that went to kent state and james logan high school uh, and and, or whatever what else is out there i mean are we being are we only worshiping tom brady because he won seven titles do you have to win a bunch of titles to be all about winning
0: i think so i mean it's ultimately sports is about winning and it's about winning titles and trophies and obviously you can only have one winner at the end of every year but over the course of your career if you win a bunch of titles you're a serial winner A him tom uh, tom brady michael jordan bill russell Derek jeter I don't know, all these guys if you have multiple rings and you are we'll say one of the i don't know three three to five best players on the team Well, maybe not basketball three to five, but yeah, I mean, you're going to get that title and it's and it's deservedly so. But the funny thing is about Brady is people talk about him sacrificing, but then they conveniently leave out the fact that his wife is a global supermodel and she makes, you know, I think she's worth maybe twice as much as him. (laughs) So when he's taking a (laughs)
1: So it's circumstantial for him. He just had an incredible support system and
0: had the margin to take haircuts on his yeah, salary. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we talk about some of these other guys, but it's true. Let I me mean, think about it, right? If you are I don't know, any other court name, any other quarterback that is not married to a supermodel. If you're Kirk Cousins, if you're Dak Prescott, if you're Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo and someone comes to you and says, "Hey, you know what? We want to give you 200 million dollars." Uh, and you're, you're not gonna say no to that. You're not gonna, I mean, you might think a little bit about, you know what, this might impact, affect my team and the talent around me. It's gonna make my job a little bit harder or a lot bit harder, but it's gonna make my life <laughs> a lot easier because I'm coming home with 200 million or let's say 40 million a year. And then you're Tom Brady and you're like, you're we, we know he's insane, we know he's a sociopath, He's in that same category of Michael Jordan as, you know, he has this huge chip on his shoulder. He wants to win at all costs. The guy has every quarterback memorized that was drafted ahead of him, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So we know that he already has that mentality. And then he's like, you know what? I could take $15 million a year less, but I, my lifestyle won't change. My wife is still worth, you know, five, six 600000000 million. She has her... she has a makeup line a lingerie line all kinds of stuff she's just printing money all over the world so he's a coffee table book worth more than a mercedes exactly so it's it's easier for him to do it i'm not saying that he doesn't deserve credit but you know he has that or he had that safety net. he's not with her anymore but now he can make you know 10x what he was making before doing you know, uh, I think he has some insane contract with Fox Sports to do broadcasting. He doesn't have to get hit in the face to earn that money. So, yeah, let's 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 give him credit, but let's also realize there's some circumstances around what Tom Brady was doing.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, it's a it, it's a rare the selfless goat with the rich yeah. wife. Fair enough. <laughs> <Exactly>. um, <laughs> so. So I, I guess at one point, is that clear that someone is in it for the money and is sacrificing whether we're taking is all-time greats or not? The one I like to point to, the one that the earliest example I can remember was Robinson Cano. Do you know who Robinson
0: Cano is? They played for the Marlins. They played for the, or not the Marlins, the, uh, the Mariners also played for the Yankees at some point as well.
1: Yep. Yeah. He, he was playing for the Yankees. He was one of the best players in the league. Um, they were, you know, uh, he played for them from, I believe, 2005 to 2013, they won a title. Uh, and then he signs this 10 year, $240 million deal with the Mariners. <laughs> I'm like, well, Where'd you go, buddy? Like the, the Mariners had their glory days with Ken Griffey Jr. They had the, the one of the best regular season of all time in the early 2000s. And then he just goes there and he's like, I'm just going to go live in Seattle. I'm going to leave New York and live in Seattle for this massive contract. And it was very, for me, that was my earliest memory of that was just for the money. That was, I'm going to take this payday. Goodbye, baseball. (laughs) Goodbye, New York City. uh, And I'm just going to take this generational wealth. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's the earliest example I can remember of someone going, nothing else really matters except this payday.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it was this was the earliest example, but it's it's one that that came to mind as soon as he sent this topic over was um, Oscar, the midfielder played for Chelsea, played for Brazil, you know, Brazilian national. And this was, you know, we're thinking these days it's Saudi Arabia that's throwing around the funny money, right? It's they're offering a billion dollars to Messi. They're signing Jordan or they're trying to sign Jordan Henderson to uh, incredible amounts of money. They're just throwing money around for fun. So I remember in 2016, 17, they offered this kid who was, you know, a pretty good player. Not, I wouldn't say, he was, maybe he was world-class. Maybe just on the edge or he could have become world-class. And he's a guy that, you know, at 26, 27, you're like, all right, he's at a huge club at Chelsea. Maybe his next move, if he would make a move, would be to Barcelona, Real Madrid. Like another step up kind of thing. Instead, he signs with a Chinese team because at that time they were throwing around <laughs> insane amounts of money. So he leaves European football at the age of 27 and he signs basically the equivalent of, I think a $30 million a year uh, over uh, for four years. So like a $120 million contract with this club in China that no one has ever heard of. And fast forward six, seven years later, he's still there. And he admitted, that this move was 100% motivated by the, by the financial aspect of it, by the money. He didn't pretend like, oh, it's a new challenge. Oh, you know, I, I love Chinese food. I love Sichuan chicken. I wanna go play in Shanghai. He's like, nah, they're offering me. And I read about his story. His dad died when he was really young. His mom couldn't work. So she would literally sew and make clothes in their house. So we're talking about dirt poor like, you know, barefoot in the street type, type poverty. And he sees this opportunity to make incredible life-changing generational wealth type money. He just said, I, I, I have to take it. And it cost him his, his place with the Brazilian national team. Because if you remember, he was he was a starter in the 2016 World Cup, and he hasn't played for them since 2017. It's not like he's gotten worse, but the national team was just like, well, if you're not going to take soccer seriously, by playing in China, we're not going to take you seriously. And so he he was probably the, the biggest example that came to mind when, again, when you sent me this topic.
1: Yeah. And Oscar in particular, I believe, was one of the first signings that triggered financial fair play in, in Europe. He was like 19 years old and went for 40 million pounds or something from uh, wherever he was playing in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alex Ferguson saying, that's too much for a boy, you know, however he talks. Um but I think uh, another example, uh, a little maybe more high profile in terms of, of status as a player is Samuel Eto. Samuel Eto was a great player, striker for Barcelona, won the Champions League there, won the Champions League for Inter Milan. He played for Real Madrid. He was an incredible player and still in the height of his powers in like 2010 or something like that. He goes to... I can't even say the it's, name of the team. Anji we'll M Russia. Something like that. Yeah. And they, it was only a $35 million transfer fee. I think Fernando Torres went for like three X that uh, around the same time. But he was the highest played soccer player in the world at 29 million a year he was making more than messi more than ronaldo the only athlete that made more than him at the time was alex rodriguez and he was making around 32 million dollars so he was still in his prime and it was a clear cash grab and he wasted two years there and speaking of the the regression in salary he left about two three years later he went back to chelsea and he was only getting paid $4 million a year <laughs> because he just lost his worth playing in Russia where no one was watching him. The games didn't mean anything. They weren't
0: playing meaningful uh, he was playing in the Champions football League. anywhere else. That, that's that was the They made it to the Champions League, obviously, because of the, the cash uh, that was injected into the club. So I, I wouldn't say I would say his domestic football or domestic soccer the one he was playing was not very meaningful but they're still in the champions league but you know you know what's funny is this club actually does no longer exists it was dissolved <laughs> it was last year
1: the tech company It was just some tech company that came and went. it just yeah
0: it kind of like burned up like a phoenix and it rose to the the top of of european soccer and it i produced a couple other big time players i, I want to say willian played there as well Maybe, but our, it, it's in Dagestan, and that's where uh, Habib is from. So it's like not just Russia. you are not talking about Moscow, St. Petersburg. We're talking about like the far eastern part of Russia. I think it's like a six, seven-hour flight from London. So this is he, – he couldn't go any further basically without playing in China or, or somewhere like that. So he went to the final frontier basically of, of European soccer. But, I mean – Probably for his career, it wasn't the best decision, but I'm sure his pockets aren't hurting as a result of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think Ronaldo comes to mind right now, too. Uh, 37 years old or something like that, and he took $9 trillion to play in uh, a league that you can't find on television anywhere. They're they're being broadcasted somewhere on Jupiter right now, uh, and everyone's going to play there for the same reason. It's a wave of paydays. It's not a wave of wow look at the quality of competition in saudi arabia it's well they're just giving away money over there because they want to, they want everyone to play there because it increases the value of the of the franchises there and uh i think for their economy foreign direct investment's important that's neither here nor there uh, so look, circling back to the winning aspect of it so we where does someone here that's a little more borderline for me is Bradley Beal and Bradley Beal, because he took the payday, understandably, it was a ridiculous $250 million guaranteed contract. And at the time, we talked about this uh, on the SLS pod over a year ago that we used to do and. We're like, I mean, one, there's an enraged debate about how he took the money and didn't want to win, but it just was an unreasonable amount of money to turn down. Like you could sure get offered 180 somewhere else or 150 somewhere, but it's $250 million. Like, what do you, you would be insane to say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a winner when, you know, that's just a crazy contract. I would, I did not fault him at all for it, for taking that money now i don't know if this is a flaw in the basketball system necessarily where now he has a no trade clause that oddly enough a player of his caliber getting a no trade clause and he can ask out where does he stand is it oh now he's about the 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 winning more than the money or is he just want to win because he got like where does Bradley is he in
0: purgatory where's bradley beale there Uh, it's funny that you said he's borderline he is not borderline (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> whatsoever to me. <laughs> Bradley Beal, listen. He's always been to me, he's like the poster boy, good stats, bad team guy. He's not a winner. I don't consider him. I wouldn't put him anywhere near that club. I wouldn't say he's even borderline. He's just always been about the money. And I mean, again, I don't fault him for doing it. You said he he got a the I think he got the Supermax because he qualified for it because he was thirteen all NBA which I think that is the real flaw in, in the basketball system where this, uh, your contract is determined essentially not by – I mean kind of by what you do, but also just by journalists voting on whether you're you know, third-team All-NBA or not. So I don't know why someone that's first-team All-NBA qualifies for the same contract as third-team All-NBA and so on. But anyway, just the fact that you know he couldn't say no to that money, but I think he's just always been about the money. Because if he really cared about winning, he could have taken a lesser deal somewhere else. Again, I don't fault him for taking the big money. And I think it's just, it was convenient for him that by some miracle or because of the sheer incompetence of uh, the Wizards as a franchise before this current regime, which I think finally has a plan. The fact that they gave him a no trade clause and then someone like Dame Lillard, who is... Probably 5x the player that he is, and 5x the winner that he is, doesn't have a no trade clause. So it's just like it's this consistent pattern of prioritizing the money over winning, taking the no trade clause. And then finally, when he has the opportunity, now he's like, okay, well, now I can have the best of both worlds because I secured my contract, I secured the bag, and now. Because of how stupid the wizards are as a franchise, I can now prioritize. <laughs> it's not even prioritizing winning. It's like, well, you know, I, I got paid. I might as well go to the best possible situation that'll have me and that can afford me, and that happens to be the Phoenix Suns, who are you know the, this you know another iteration of, of a super team in the NBA.
1: Fair enough. Uh, I think then I'm I'm going to open up the Purgatory Club. We're gonna we have several categories here. Uh, The first one is the Purgatory Club, and I believe the inaugural founding member of that club as of 2023 is Damian Lillard. Uh, Damian Lillard, uh, I mean, does he really want to leave Portland, given his behavior? He's really gone out of his way to try to make it seem like until as of summer 2023, he didn't want to ask out. Is this more about frustration with company direction, where he's just this highly paid employee? And he's not happy with culture or, or, or corporate decision-making. Like, should he go apply for a job at Apple instead? (laughs) Like, where's Damian Lillard at? I think he's in purgatory personally.
0: I I agree. I mean, he's, he's a winner. He hasn't won a title. He hasn't made the finals, but I think from his history of, of big time shots of, of game winners and his attitude and approach to the game, the dude's a winner. I think to his detriment, his attitude about winning may have it hurt his career long-term or his legacy long-term, I should say, because he's always been the dude that's like, oh, I'm not going to recruit anybody to uh, to Portland. I'm not going to try to build a super team here. If someone wants to come, they want to come. It's kind of like, I think Derek Rose had a similar uh, uh, attitude, you know, during those Bulls years when he may have been able to recruit LeBron or D Wade or somebody like that back in the day, but He had that same attitude of just like, no, you know, if I win, I want to win on my terms. I want to win, you know, with an organically built team maybe was his idea. But at the same time, you know, he he didn't want to affect his legacy by leaving and by forcing a trade at least earlier on in his career or turning down a big extension. But at the same time, he's just getting insane amounts of money in, in his deals because he's so good. He's always been. You know, I think he was all uh, All NBA six times in his career so far, whether first, second, or third team. So he's been able to. It, it's kind of like Bradley Beal, but with some winning mixed in as well, because he's been able to secure these huge contracts, but also take his team, you know, on deep playoff runs and and be somewhat legitimate contenders in the West. I mean, it's not his fault he kept running into Steph Curry. You know what I mean? So you can't you can <laughs> kind of fault him for that, but. Not really, because he just kept running into an all-time great. So I think he finally just had enough. I think – I called it hubris. He had a lot of hubris early on in his career. He's like, no, I'm not recruiting anybody. No, I'm staying here. I'm I'm 10 toes down in Portland. I'm a loyal guy. And he built his whole brand around that. And so at some point now, he's probably looking in the mirror. He's like, shit, I'm 34 years old. How many more years do I have of playing high-level basketball and obviously, Portland is not in a position to contend right now. So I'm going to force my way to Miami, like reputation be damned. Basically, but he's still making the money. So it's the same thing as Bradley Beal. He secured the bag. He's like, all right, I can't turn this deal down. A hundred million dollars over the next two years, but now I want a championship as well. So you know,
1: he's just earned a more, a little more hubris, a little more clout is because he's better it's there are it seems like there are lines to be drawn like uh, there seems to be a point where it's about the winning obviously if you're a great player and you succeed you're just going to be rewarded for it. it isn't about the money you're getting paid you've just reached a certain status if you're lebron james you're gonna you should be winning earning 50 million dollars a year if you're patrick mahomes you should get a half a billion dollar contract right these are very difficult to to argue with but there is a line to be drawn and there seem to be different categories of earning it, going, being all about the winning and being all about the money. Um, there's a couple of extremes. You have your uh, maybe end of near the end of the hill, Ronaldo's and Messi's that are taking different deals that they would not normally take their career winners, but they're in their mid to late thirties. And they're going to places like Jupiter to play soccer or Miami to play soccer and things like that. Um, where on the other end, you have, um, someone like a Tim Duncan, who is the greatest in his position and he's voluntarily taking discounts. He just doesn't give a shit about the salary. He's the most unselfish guy ever. And he's letting the Spurs like, just do whatever you want. This is my home. I'm always going to be here. Uh, I'm a I'm a founding member. I, I have stock in the company, whatever the case may be, that that's another category of, of winning. Then you have like your Derek Jeters, where he's not even really regarded as a world-class shortstop, which is like the most difficult position to play on a baseball field, but he has this like unselfish style of play where uh he's not going for home runs. He learned to there's like a jeter-isk uh, swing where he can hit opposite field because he knows strategically he knows where to hit the ball he's a crafty player and he just cared about winning not about being a stats guy you look at other shortstops uh, that are were significantly better he's still won gold gloves he was still uh, mm-hmm. a very accomplished player while he was in new york for two decades so there's that kind of winner and then you have your like modern day with cerebral winners your your steph curry's your your michael jordan's your et cetera, that earn their worth that earn their status am i missing anyone else here are there other kinds of winners uh while we while i'm laying these out did I, did I miss anything in terms of what constitutes a winner i'm
0: glad you brought up tim duncan he's uh he I, this is not a new category or anything but i'm glad you brought him up because i don't think he gets enough credit for what he did in San Antonio, I think just because of his, the nature of his personality and persona and stuff, he never cared about having a brand or anything like that. I think the category is, is kind of that purgatory category, but it's like the Dame Lillard, maybe Kevin Garnett, you can throw him in there. Basically guys that have shown that, okay, I care so much about this. I'm all about winning. I just haven't been able to win because of team circumstances, right? KG, he toiled away for a decade in Minnesota, and we know that franchise, especially back then, just all of the mistakes they made in the front office and things like that, they couldn't get out of their own way. And as a result, I don't think he ever won a playoff series. Maybe he won one playoff series his whole time there. Uh, Guys like Chris Bosh, you throw him in there too. Like they're, They're obviously about the winning. They're the best player on... Some pretty good teams, but basketball is a team sport. They weren't able to go any further than that. Basically, they, they maximized what they had. And, of course, Dane Willard is in there, too. He made a conference finals. But Portland, small market. Minnesota, small market. Toronto, technically a small market in the in terms of the NBA where they're not attracting top-tier free agents. So you're not having guys go there. So they're kind of winners without the winning, if that makes sense. So I would think that would be the the category. It's like they have the, the the attitude of a winner. They have the capability to be winners. Just the circumstances have not lined up for them to actually be winners.
1: Sure. That, that makes total sense. Um, I, I agree with that. That's a good way to flesh out the purgatory club. I think there's one more winning category, and it applies to – Uh, Individual sports. I'm a huge, you know, I'm a huge fighting fan. I think that there are several all-time greats that you can say were all about winning. Muhammad Ali, obviously one of the best legacies, top five legacies in sports, fought a loaded heavyweight division from the 50s through the 70s, 60s through 70s, something like that. He fought Sonny Liston and Joe Frazier and Ken Norton and George Foreman and just a murderer's row. He won eight heavyweight world titles. So he's obviously clear, clear winner was all about that. George St. Pierre, a more recent example, fought everyone in front of him, cleaned out a welterweight division with BJ Penn and Matt Serra and Matt Hughes. And he fought so many great, he went up in weight. He came back from a hiatus and fought a much bigger Michael Michael Bisping and kicked his ass too. And all he wanted to do was just fight the best. He wanted to be tested. You ever watch his interviews? He just wanted to get better all the time. And he just exuded that everywhere he went um, in and out of the octagon. Amanda Nunes also uh trailblazer beat chris cyborg who just seemed to be the terminator of female fighters and didn't look back from there retired at 35 after avenging her only loss uh, in the division at 35 years old on top of the sport so i think fighting is a really unique example of uh because you have to like if you want to be successful if you want to be great you can't duck fights you can't um you you can't avoid anybody to get paid. You have to beat other good fighters. There's no other way around it. You can be about the glamour. And here's my favorite example of being about the glamour. Conor McGregor, uh, piece of shit asshole, Conor McGregor, um, who uh, as soon as like he got tested and fought someone that truly hated him for who he was and beat him up in Khabib uh, Nurmagomed. Ugh, I butchered that Khabib. We'll just call him Khabib. Um, I tried no, to power no through names here. like someone
0: yeah. <laughs> we're struggling
1: <laughs> yeah. like like someone with phlegm. I tried to power through it. Didn't work. Uh, he got beat up. He got embarrassed. It was crazy. And then he took like a payday fight with Nate Diaz, who is a uh, lifetime achievement award for I'll just fight anybody. doesn't really matter. Just give me someone to fight. That's all I care about. Just, I just have to fight because if I'm not fighting, uh, I'm not being who I am, which is just a violent person. So th- these are the kinds of fights he took. He did stop fighting. He just started promoting whiskey and showing up behind bars and doing shadow boxing and just a clown show of expensive suits. Uh, this is obviously I care a little too much about this, but that's, that's like an extreme example of someone who just wanted to be famous when the going got tough. I noticed that you didn't list
0: two of like, if you were going to go with winning in the literal sense, you didn't list two guys here and, and Floyd Mayweather who's you know 50 and no and Khabib who's what is he 30 and know, something like that 29 and 0? so why why didn't you list these guys yep. is it cuz they ducked fights i don't i know mayweather did i think he ducked pacquiao basically till pacquiao was too old and he he took advantage of i think fighting canelo when he was super young and inexperienced and i don't think he fought anyone else that was that high profile but yeah is there a reason you didn't include those two guys here uh well, Floyd Mayweather's
1: nickname is Money, <laughs> so he's all about the money. <laughs> uh, clearly, uh, that Manny Pacquiao fight was delayed for money. Um, I didn't list him just because I mean I can't keep talking about everybody I hate, um, but he maybe I can. I don't know. I'm not an angry person, but Floyd Mayweather uh, did delay that Pacquiao fight. It happened like four or five years later than it should have, and I mean I'd always picked him to win, but that's neither here nor there. But he did fight good fighters. He fought Miguel Cotto, who was a legendary Puerto Rican fighter. He fought Shane Mosley. Um, he did. He did, does have a good resume. Canelo Alvarez is an incredible notch on his uh, on his belt for sure. Um, Khabib Khabib is considered to be up there as an all time great. I don't think he he beat enough elite fighters. He's obviously his peak is difficult to say. Anyone can can break his peak. Um, But I just listed some other fighters just because they were just... I feel like he left more on the table. I think there was just more fights out there for him. But I don't think he wanted to do it anymore for whatever reason. Whether he saw that his body couldn't hold up or whatever the case may be. I thought he retired too
0: early. Uh, His reasoning was that his dad passed. And he didn't want to fight without his dad, I think. Or didn't... I don't know. A man of nobility. What can we say? I mean, the guy has principles. We'll say. It's not like it came out of nowhere. This isn't... he. he,
1: He he sure does. He tried to kick someone's ass after the fight was over again. Like that dude is like, do not say anything about me or my family. He's like Liam Neeson in real life as like a fighter. Like he'll come find you. He won't forget about it. He's a a vindictive man of, of, uh, who fears God. That's a good way to put it for sure. Um, so in, in terms of, uh and i have one more example that's just funny I, just I, I mentioned amanda nuñez just for the sake of equality here i'll listen to a female who, who's in it for the money and this is paige van zant uh who is a, a, a female fighter she fought for the ufc she only went six and four she didn't beat anyone good obviously not a good record uh, but she capitalized on it and had modeling opportunities and mm-hmm. took promotions and and things like that but as soon as she started losing fights like they didn't renew her contract and she fights for like the bare knuckle league or, or something like would
0: that. you throw um, ronda rousey in there too who i think once she lost it was like her first loss and then she decided i'm just gonna do fast and furious movies and and wwe would you throw her in there i think it ran its course she
1: was she was an olympian who don't get punched in the yeah. face olympians are grappling and judo? things like that kind of like brock she lesnar looking right? judo or something right she was a judo olympian so she's like you know tossing and th- throwing people around and putting them in arm bars which is exactly what she did like that was her easily her like she was the best in the world that flipping someone over with a hip toss and putting them in an arm bar uh ronda rousey trailblazer she she's the reason why women fight in the ufc dana white who has said x will never happen several times and then it happened this was one of those things where he said a woman will never fight in the ufc and then the money was there and guess what baldy there's women yeah. fighting dana white serial <laughs> uh truth vendor
0: that's a good way to yeah we'll be nice serial <laughs> a lot Cereal of serial liar we'll just call him <laughs> serial liar we don't have to sugarcoat it <laughs> <laughs>
1: um there you know there's a more recent example i don't want to lose sight of this where this is another category that i think is and this it, it's it's really interesting to use this with with fighting uh, Francis Ngannou, heavyweight champion of the UFC, left the, left the UFC because he's like, look, you're not paying me what I'm worth. I'm the heavyweight champion. I'm the big kahuna in this company, and you're offering me nothing. And this is known about the UFC, but this is someone that walked away from the only organization where there's clout, where the best fighters are. It's like leaving the NBA or something. And I'm going to go find another place to play and it worked out for him because he's fighting Tyson Fury, who's the best heavyweight in the world in a couple of months. Uh, And that became a big payday. So I think that's a unique category of I'm not getting what I'm worth and I'm great
0: and I'm going to go seek glory elsewhere. I think that's a cool way to be about the money. Yeah, it's a new challenge because he's going from, you know, MMA to boxing. And we all know that there's just so much more money in boxing if you're if you have the name if you have the cloud if you have the talent so yeah i, I don't uh you know i don't begrudge him that opportunity it's it's too bad i do want to see him fight john jones and some of these other guys in the ufc but you know kind of is what it is that makes sense you got to take the take the money while you can and the new challenge again
1: yep yep and i think when fans look at this fans are going to be you know volatile in how they feel about the winning and the money, especially, I think, in general, this topic, if you talk about it the wrong way, it sounds like a, a, people are calling into a radio show and complaining about what well, A-Rod's bankrupt in the team, you know, things like that. <laughs> um, but I want to get into some categories here. And if you have a, a li- I have a top five list, uh, but we can get into some of that stuff. What say you do you have anything you want to add before? We just start name dropping here.
0: I think there's guys. What what I seem to uh, usually appreciate is some self awareness, right? I I like guys that are aware. They don't kind. Of, they they buy into the mythology of the of sports in general a little bit because I think we all do, and that's why you know you and me are sitting here talking about this and the fact that we have a sports podcast and I think a, a lot of our. Uh, hobbies and interests around sports is because of the mythology around sports. If we just boiled it down to, oh, it's just a sport, it's just a game, then we wouldn't be as interested. But I think at the end of the day for a lot of these guys, it really is just about paying the bills. It's just, it's not any different than someone that was blessed with an amazing singing voice. Like I might not really like to sing, but this is my God given talent so I'm going to take advantage of that, and I'm going to use that to pay the bills, and I'm going to use that as, as my job. And a, a guy that came to mind, again, when you sent me this topic, was a player that played for Tottenham uh, in the Premier League in, I want to say, like the mid-2000s, early 2010s, uh, Cameroonian guy named Benoit Akato. So he was asked about you know playing for the badge and you know his love for Tottenham and the club and all that. And he gave a really thoughtful answer. I'm going to read it. He said, you know, I've never bought into the hypocrisy of football, but perhaps I'm more strident in my views now. I'm lucky and appreciate what I have, but football is just a job, a means to an end. There are more important things in life than kicking a ball around. Like, wow, okay, cool, bro. (laughs) Way to just shit on everything everyone's (laughs) doing here. Uh, But he says, yes, I play for money, but then doesn't everybody who gets up in the morning and goes to work? Yeah, uh, they do it to provide for their family said it infuriates me when footballers go on and on about playing for the shirt. I think they should be held accountable for it when they kiss the badge and six months later clear off for a better payday. So I think he touches on a lot of things here, right? It's the, the mythology of and the I want to say kind of the delusion that we have about guys playing for the name on the front of the, uh, the front of the jersey, not on the back. And they prioritize that and they kiss the badge. You know, I'm wearing a soccer jersey right now. And, you know, they that's a very common celebration. It's like, I love this club more than, you know, life itself. So I'm going to score a goal. And I'm going to kiss the badge and, and do all that. But, you know, if someone came in, a better team came in with an offer six months later, they're probably going to take that no matter how much they, they love and want to kiss the badge. So it, it's a—it it is true. There's a lot of hypocrisy around here around that topic and i think his the awareness that he showed in making this this statement it pissed a lot of people off because they're like no these guys should care more because it's not just a regular job you know no one has posters of the, their favorite accountant on the wall no one's wearing a jersey with their favorite doctor's name on the back but just like he said at the end of the day it's a it's a paycheck And that's why some of these guys do it. Obviously, they love to play the game. They prioritize it. They work hard to do it. But sometimes it really is just, you know, it's not a nine to five, but it's something just to pay the bills. It's just taking advantage of your God-given talents and abilities. So
1: It's it's interesting. It's a great example. I actually thought of this in a different way long before I thought about it from a sports aspect Uh, when I think about Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro, one of the great actors of the last 60 years, he's made classic after classic Academy Award winner, etc. If you look at his catalog, after he made, I don't know, like casino or something, there's just like a run where he made a bunch of comedy movies. He just wasn't a very serious person in his movies. He made like three Fokker movies and bad grandpa and uh, analyze this and analyze that. And he just compiled like a list of movies that kind of look. Kind of hinder the resume. They dilute the quality of his resume a little bit. But these are just one of those, I'm just paying the bills. Like, I'm just going to keep making movies to pay the bills. They don't all have to be Scorsese crime mob epics. But when he wants to, he can go in and still put on an amazing performance in The Irishman, um, there's a cool move. Another Scorsese move coming out a few months. Apple, we need to do a podcast about Apple taking over the, the film industry, but
0: that's, and that's the, the sports topic, documentary right? industry. They got the, the Steph Curry one coming out in a couple of days.
1: So, yeah, yeah. That's exciting. Um, so like De Niro, I, I just saw that and it, it made me think like, who's somebody in sports that clearly, oh, very great. Cause De Niro was great, clearly very great. But it's doing this to keep paying bills. And it could be for a number of reasons, right? Like, obviously, you just need to maintain your lifestyle. And for me, this is like a combination of both. It's Evander Holyfield, who was one of the best heavyweight boxers um, of all time. He's probably top 10. He fought a number of world title holders. He fought like, I think over 20 guys that had won a title. He was a warrior and his style of fighting was crazy. He always would trail off from the game plan and get into these freaking violent wars with guys like Riddick Bowe and George Foreman and Lennox Lewis. It was hilarious. But uh, his spending habits were insane. So for example, he ordered A house with 109 rooms in about 1994. Uh, So obviously when you're asking for a house that has more rooms than probably, I don't know, the Burj Khalifa. you know, It's an insane number of rooms for a house. Of course he went bankrupt. He had 11 kids from six different women. That didn't help out. He fought into his 50s. Uh, He fought one more time in his 60s against Vitor Belfort. That fight shouldn't have even sanctioned. But it's very clear that Evander Holyfield needed boxing to pay the bills. Money was just simply his motivation.
0: <laughs> I got to ask, what is it about boxers that, that just attracts this type of personality where they're just spending money faster than they can make? I feel like more than any other sport, I mean, maybe not, but just anecdotally, it feels like any other more than any other sport, these guys are just, that's just what they're known for just making a ton of money spending more than they have. And then again, having to fight, you know, into their forties, fifties, I guess, even sixties in, in Holy fields. Like, what is it about these boxers, man?
1: Well, boxing by nature is, you know, it traffics in, in corruption and, Uh, These were the first athletes to really get paid. It was the most popular sport in the world in the 30s, right? Like there was not much else going on and you could listen to boxing on the radio in any language across the planet. Um, So naturally you had guys like Don King who will just put a suitcase on the table in front of Muhammad Ali with a million dollars in it and go, this is it, what do you think? And it could be way less than he deserves. Uh, But I think that the support system around boxers back in the day it was just so different than it is now. You don't really see boxers in financial trouble anymore because they are more self-aware of the value of the sport. And uh, I think they've just seen guys like Holy, Holyfield and <laughs> elsewhere struggle
0: with this. Like, So it's like the lack of transparency around how much money you're actually making?
1: Yeah. And you'll see even like basketball players say they'll have to go to younger guys on their team and go, look, this is going to be really crazy, really fast. Here's the best way to go about it without going bankrupt because you got an
0: okay rookie contract. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Shaq at one point, he said, I I made a million dollars. So I spent a million dollars, but I didn't realize that I actually only made 600K or 500K or whatever after everything else that came up. So yeah, I guess it's not, I mean, it's definitely not just boxers that are these lavish spenders, but maybe it's just, it's just the type of person boxing attracts because, you know, you have to be, you have to have a couple of screws loose to decide I want to get punched in the face for a living. <laughs> right. Know? Right. So, yeah. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, the, the new category uh, here, just hop in jobs is the name of this
0: category. This is the Gen Z, uh, you know, and- I'm going to spend one year at a tech company at a time and, and uh, boost my salary every time category yeah pro-
1: yep and everyone here is pretty much a millennial so this is very applicable maybe it's just me and my age there's probably other people but for the sake of our listeners these are just easy recent examples to follow so top of the list here i actually want to lead off with zlatan ibrahimovic who's one of my favorite players zlatan giant six four six five striker black belt taekwondo scary man very good at soccer but he doesn't give a shit about who he plays for. <laughs> he's played for everybody. He's played for Ajax, Barcelona. Uh, he's played for um, Inter Milan, AC Milan, LA Galaxy. Uh, he's played everywhere under the, uh, Manchester United. Like He's played everywhere, deservedly so, because he's a great player. Uh, but he'll also just leave for the hell of it. doesn't matter what status the team is at. They could win the title. He's like, yeah, I'm out, like because I'm all about Zlatan
0: he's a, a perfect example of this it's just it, and he's probably in like the upper upper echelon of this because he's so damn good it wasn't just you know i'm here to pay the bills and just kind of go about my business it's very clear he cares about his craft i mean you don't play until you're you're 40 at, at a sport like this without caring without putting in the work off the field or at least you know off the the uh the actual game field so yeah he's top of the list here for sure mm-hmm
1: now another one i have here james harden james harden uh might put on a fat suit really soon again to leave philadelphia he's uh you know the fat suit stuff the uh, this brooklyn situation's weird i'm out of here he took a discount uh so that philly could do some stuff for him but he's like yeah i'm not really feeling it anymore i'm not cool with daryl Morey anymore i want to leave philly too and after being in houston for so long now he just wants to just jump around. He's like, oh, I'm, not oh, I'm not happy here. I'm not happy here. I'm going to twist everyone's
0: arm until I, I'm, I'm somewhere else. I think he's confused. I think he's confused about what he wants. I think he wants he wants the best of both worlds, right? Because in Houston, he made a ton of money. They got close. They probably should have beaten the Warriors one of those Chris Ball years. They just, you know, the, the ball didn't bounce their way. They got uh, in some bad injury luck, and they weren't able to do that. And I think his move to Brooklyn was motivated by winning. I don't think that was a money move. And I think that his current move was a little bit of both. And I think he could have just opted out in Philly because, but now he's like, well, you know, I want to make up for the money that I, that I passed on, you know, the $15 million made this huge deal about it. Uh, And the fact that he took a discount quote unquote discount to, to come back to Philly. It's like, he could have just opted out and played for, I don't know, the mid level exception with the Lakers if you really wanted to win or gone to Miami, I don't know. Like there's a million things you could have done other than opting into his $35 million a year contract and then wanting to get traded. So I think he's confused. He's definitely a lifestyle guy because we know he's a, you know, a legendary partier in the annals of NBA history. Yeah. And I think he's just confused because he wants to win, but he also wants to stay up all night at a strip club and show up to training camp out of shape. And I think he overestimates his worth at the same time because he's a great player, but he's not a great player when it counts. So I think he's just like a walking contradiction. And yeah, I, he's definitely in this list for me. Yep. Yep.
1: All, all well said. Next up here on the just hopping jobs list, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie Irving. And I don't think in, in a bad way, I just think Kyrie Irving – is in some degrees misinterpreted or over overblown and in, in terms of coverage because and this is my opinion i'm sorry for anyone that's a boston fan he just pissed off a lot of boston people um, and there was a very prominent people in media uh, i could be wrong about that if i am sorry not sorry either way uh, i think just wherever he plays now it just runs its course out like whether it's cleveland they're like just get out of here boston uh we'll see you later Brooklyn get all the way the hell out of here. I think that that's this is just where a guy that even as good and talented as he is, it isn't about the money. It's just he's he's one of those like where you see it's a great looking resume and he just keeps
0: jumping around. I, I'm going to disagree with you here. I think that <laughs> listen, I think he wants you to think it's not about the money. I think that's what it, I I love Kyrie. He, he, he seems like a good dude with a big heart, but he definitely wants you to think it's not about the money because he had an opportunity a couple of summers ago to opt out of his Brooklyn contract and sign again, somewhere else very similar to James Harden where he could have signed with the Lakers for, I think exactly the mid-level exception played with, with uh, AD and LeBron probably won a title because you know they, they were right there at the cusp of it this year and he chose to opt in. It was he couldn't say no to the thirty million dollars on the table. And he's doing the same thing. He he's wanted a long term deal with Brooklyn, again, motivated by money, which is fine. They wouldn't give it to him without some crazy incentive. So he said, All right, I'm out of here. So I he wants you to think it's not about the money. He wants you to think that he's motivated by I don't know, the vibes, the <laughs> whatever you want to call it, the just, you know, it just doesn't feel right here. I'm just looking for the best situation for my mental health, whatever. It's like, no, man, it's it's just at the end of the day, it's about the money. That's why you stayed in Brooklyn. That's why you wanted out of Brooklyn. That's why you're staying in Dallas. It's like at this point in your career, no one would be mad if you turned down a bunch of money and just kind of, you know, ring chased at this point. But he's just not about that. It's about he wants to make the money while he can. And that's fine. Again, that's fine. Just don't, don't try to fool me and pretend like it's something else.
1: (laughs) And now he's hopping jobs. Um, I think the nobility part there is not as, I agree with the taking the money in Brooklyn part. You know who would have, you know who had the balls to do this? Khabib. Khabib absolutely would have taken the mid-level exception on the Lakers (laughs) if he was in Kyrie's shoes just for this. (laughs) It would have been Khabib. Um, All right. Uh, Next one here. This one's a funny one. Um, And it's funny that these guys are all teammates, Kevin Durant, (laughs) Kevin Durant plays wherever the hell he wants. Uh, He's like, you know, you know what Kevin Durant is like? He's like if Steve Jobs just went from company to company in Silicon Valley and just killed it while he was there. It's like, you know, I'm going to go to Intel, you know, and the Intel is, goes up in value. I'm going to go to, <laughs> I'm going to go to Dell. Oh man, Dell is awesome. He's just going everywhere. And he's like the most valued employee there. And he's amazing everywhere he goes, but he does, he does, he just does whatever the hell he wants. He's
0: just hopping jobs. You is know? Steph Curry, the Steve Wozniak in this metaphor where he's like the real mastermind. He just doesn't get nearly <laughs> enough credit for what he did. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, this is yeah, Steve exactly. Jobs company. Yeah, he showed up in the black turtleneck and he's uh he's the idea guy, he's the eccentric. Uh but who's the real mastermind? Steph Curry. Uh no, I, I totally agree. It's I don't know what he's motivated by. It's I don't know if I don't think it's legacy. I know he's a hoop head and he's a hoop historian. I think he cares and loves basketball. Because, you know, he had the ultimate winning situation if it was If it really came down to winning and just winning, he would have stayed in Golden State. He won two titles fairly easily, probably could have won a a couple more, obviously could have won a couple more if if they were able to win one without him. So if it was just about money, he would have stayed there. And I think it was just... It's really hard to put a, a, a finger on what he wants. Is it wanting your own team? So it is kind of motivated by legacy, but also he's not ashamed of of being traded a bunch of times which is not something that great players usually do and is definitely a stain on his legacy the fact that you know he's tried to create two other super teams and has failed so far so i don't know i I don't know what what his ultimate motivation because he's definitely making a lot of money along the way but i wouldn't say he's in the you know i'm all about the bag category so he's somewhere in between
1: Yep. He's just hopping jobs. You know, the resume looks good. It's got a lot of companies on it. He puts his stats on there. uh, Hit quota club every time. President's club, you know, (laughs) good stuff. Employee of the month several times. Uh, Last one on the I'm just hopping jobs list is Cristiano Ronaldo. And Cristiano Ronaldo, I know I made fun of the Saudi Arabia thing, but he was hopping jobs long before that. So he'd had a good stint in in Real Madrid. I'm not going to discredit what he did there. He had an incredible run, prolific Champions League achievements. He was great there. And then he started hopping jobs. He went to Italy. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to do this crazy freaking 50% income tax in Spain. Go to hell. Goes to Italy. Does nothing there. (laughs) Uh, Leaves Italy. And recently, actually, funny, we were putting him here now, said he was the reason why people went to Italy. Nobody went to Italy. It's just about him. (laughs) He made it about him. Goes to Manchester United. Nothing happens there. They put him on the bench. Game over. Now he's in Saudi Arabia making $200 million a year or $100 million a year, whatever it is. And now he's also taking credit for that because he's just about himself. And now at this point in his career, he's just hopping jobs. You know what I mean? I
0: wouldn't say he didn't do anything in, in Italy. He had some, some big-time Champions League moments. There was one, I think it was a, a hat-trick against Atletico in the second leg in the quarters or something like that. They never won the Champions League, but he did some things there. Even Manchester United, like he kind of dragged them through the Champions League for one or two years. But it got to the point where the headache of dealing with this dude's ego just wasn't worth it anymore. And I think that that's was ultimately his downfall. It's just, you know, when you are 36, 37, you're not able to perform week in, week out. You're not doing all the little things. You're gonna score goals, but you're not doing any of the other stuff that teams value and teams need. So I uh, I don't know if I would put him in this category quite just quite, because he is a serial winner. He is all about the winner. He's insane. He's he's gonna be in shape until the day he dies, and he's gonna always have probably like be buried with a six-pack type dude so he definitely cares he definitely puts in the work he's probably one of the hardest working guys he just also happens to have like this jupiter-sized ego that that he drags around with him so he i don't know he's i think he's motivated by looking good and also playing well but yeah so he's he's kind of in hmm. i don't know if i put him in this hop
1: maybe box. he's a he's a member of i'm now happy hopping, hopping jobs now and also the a founding member of the the ego club yeah. The my ego is more important than everything else Club. exactly it's, it's i'm more important than everything
0: club. and that's okay when you're 30 and you're scoring 60 goals in a in a league season and you're winning champions league titles like i won five champions league titles or four i think with real so he's a winner he is definitely a winner it just gets to the point where the math doesn't add up anymore the ego isn't worth the the contribution that he's bringing so the eagle club sure he's in the eagle club. yeah
1: he is the eagle, the eagle club, club. <laughs> this is a guy who who where his team would win a game but if he didn't score he'd be furious like it was just all about him uh, all the time it's a
0: sociopathic drive it's an insane drive that he plays with sometimes to the detriment of his team but more often than not through his career was definitely to the benefit of his team I sympathize with Fair him. I enough. don't know if you can tell. I think. I think I just hate the Saudi Arabia, Saudi
1: Arabia move more than anything. That might be what's clouding my judgment
0: here. He should have came to MLS, um, but I think uh, he just maybe he wasn't getting $200 million a year, like his boy Messi. So.
1: Like the only place you can watch him is on that ESPN FC dreadful Twitter account. Like, This is nowhere else you could watch him. It's fucking stupid. Anyway, we um, have <laughs> one more list here because I love lists. I'm obsessed with lists. And this is just my top five for this podcast of – Hilariously in it for the money in, in, in different ways. So
0: <laughs> I can't wait for this, this one. one. This
1: first one is a <laughs> is a freaking doozy. Number one on the top five list of guys that are in it for the money. Well, you know what? Let me go reverse order here because number number one is a freaking doozy. Number five, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, this guy clearly does not give a shit about anything at all like nothing he cares about doesn't care about talking doesn't care about winning i don't even know if he cares about i guess the only thing he can kind of care about is money just a a tiny bit but he has to be at home in la like he didn't want to play in san antonio anymore after playing for like a pristine organization he's like get me the hell out of here like okay go play in toronto in the cold go to hell wins a title there to his credit in toronto He's the first player ever to win a title and just leave, <laughs> ever. He's the first player to win a title and say, see ya, uh, and not resign, especially a player of his quality. Goes to the Clippers, like holds out the free agency market at the time. The Lakers are like waiting for this freaking guy. He waits till everybody gets signed because the Lakers are trying to make room for him. The market dries up. He makes the Clippers give away everything to form the Injured Reserve Club.
0: Uh, but he gets to play in L.A. where he grew up, and that's it. It doesn't give a shit about anything. Listen, man, this guy is living the dream. That's all I got to say. He's, he's living at home. <laughs> he's in his hometown. He's surrounded by family and friends. He plays. He works, I don't know, once a month. And he's making, you know, a hundred million dollars a year from New Balance and and uh, the Clippers and whatever else. <laughs> he gets New Balance. Yeah, he's making commercials with Jack Harlow on the weekends. He's just hanging out. He's live. He's he's already got his two titles. You know, he was established as the best player in the league for I don't know two months, and then he just said, you know what? I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to chill and do me. So I kind of have to admire the, the Kawhi Leonard approach to life, but yeah, he's, it's the thing is, he doesn't say anything. So we can never, we don't know what he wants. We just have to like read into the actions and kind of read between the lines and the tea leaves and this and that, and just kind of like assume what he's thinking. So he's really smart in that regard. It's like, if you don't say anything, no one is going to have an, a, like a real opinion about you. People might hate you, but it's like, it's not real hate. Like no one hates Kawhi like they hate Kyrie in Boston. You know what I'm saying? No one in the is right. like, man, this guy screwed us over, blah, blah. It's just like, yeah, it's just Kawhi. You just got to shrug your shoulders. And he's just like one of the all-time eccentrics in the NPH by virtue of like just having a weird laugh and not saying anything for 10, 15 years, whatever, mm-hmm. so. He's got it good. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: he <laughs> yeah, he uh, since he doesn't say anything, I'll speak for him. Doesn't give a shit. Um all right. Next up on the list, Latrell Sprewell. Now, Latrell Sprewell people might not know why he's on this list exactly. But he's on this list for something very specific. But first, uh I believe it was it he punched PJ Carlesimo in the face. He choked him. And then came back to practice, choked, choked him, excuse me, yeah. choked him, which is somehow he left worse, the sometimes. facility, came back and, and and then attacked him again. Right after he was <laughs> he asked to leave, he came back, attacked him again, and then he left. He was a good player, but he was high profile because he played for the Knicks and he was a little troublesome. Um, but he got paid and we talked about the T-Wolves being assholes earlier. They gave him a $21 million contract and he said, this isn't enough to put food on the table now i wouldn't fault anyone for being mad at how much they were getting paid but to make 21 million dollars and say specifically very specifically that this is not enough money to put food on the table
0: is asinine and that's why he's on this list it's a stunning lack of self-awareness and again i just i have to kind of appreciate it just the the sheer (laughs) yeah just the lack of self-awareness to make a statement like that with that contract so Good for you, Luttrell.
1: And he did proceed to go into bankruptcy after that. With sounds, the, the cherry. Boom! Right. Yeah. Shakalaka. Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> He's on fire. All right. Uh, next up on the list is Neymar. Uh, Neymar is on this list purely for his decision making. Um, he went to Barcelona as the hottest prospect in the world. Won a Champions League. He was teammates with Messi and Luis Suarez. And he's like, you know what, guys? Uh, I don't really want to play here anymore. I want to be the guy in Paris. And uh, he's been doing nothing else since then. They had a one Champions League Finals appearance, but he just went and got a big payday and Nike sponsorship. And that's someone who left a winning situation that wanted to be the guy. He wanted to win the Ballon d'Or. And I don't think he ever got in top three Ballon d'Or voting. It just never worked out for him. It was a
0: terrible decision for a payday. There's some like KD parallels here. Maybe some Kyrie pair. I, I, you know what? Actually, when this happened, when he left Barcelona to go to Paris, I think in my mind the clear parallel was Kyrie. It's like you know, LeBron is Messi or Messi is LeBron. He's always going to be second fiddle. It's always going to be LeBron's team. And kind of wanted to leave the shadow of LeBron and win in his own situation. And I don't fault him for taking the payday in Paris. I think he was I think he was motivated by their vision. Their vision has always been, we're gonna build this world class team with a bunch of money and we're gonna win the Champions League. And I think he bought into that vision and I think it was kind of the double uh you know, he took advantage of that, that ability to not just get paid, but have your own situation and go to a good team. It's not like he went to, you know, the Shanghai Sharks or something like that or to China to play for a big payday. <laughs> still you know it's a top five six league in europe they're always in the champions league they're always in the mix so i don't know i wouldn't put him quite in this category i think he was motivated a little bit by personal glory as well and the money just happened to be a byproduct of playing basically for like you know the, for qatar and all the money that they have
1: my choice is absolutely clouded by i'm a barcelona fan
0: and hated that he. Left. i should have led with that honestly i thought about that as you were as you, I was like, <laughs> you know what Oh, there's a little bit of bias here, but it's okay. I'll let it go.
1: <laughs> well, there should be. You know, <laughs> there should be some bias here. Um, all right. Number two on this list, uh, we've talked about him plenty, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, and this is where it gets really high profile. Floyd Mayweather is fighting uh, Logan Paul now, and he's he fought the— John Gotti, the gangster's son, or yeah, like John Gotti Jr. Or third grandson, some kind of exhibition fight, something st- stupid. Yeah, he's taking these like stupid exhibition fights with people who don't belong in the ring with this guy, uh, and he's doing it for the money. And he's the worst person uh, in sports, and that's why he's number two. <laughs> number two on the list.
0: <laughs> he is, but he's a genius. It's it's I think he yeah, he really he realized completely. Yeah, he realized the value of his name. He's a branding marketing genius. I personally I work out at a Mayweather gym and he's gone out of his way to or he's he's, he's basically franchised this like boxing and fitness brand. He has I think very little to do with it, but his name and his face is all over it. And it's just an incredible branding play. It's just like go work out like Floyd Mayweather. The and they're all about the fifty. and you know, I have you know they have T shirts of you know join the fifty and you know, O club. It's all about the branding. And he's so smart because he knows that my my name means something. You know, I might not be at the top of my sport anymore, but I'm going to take these stupid exhibition fights, make a bunch of money. You know, and just you know, I'm just going to stay in shape and do this. I don't. There's no real danger to my legacy. If I do happen to get knocked out by Jake Paul or whatever, not that that's going to happen. But, yeah, he is Money Mayweather for a reason, and he's a branding marketing genius. But he definitely belongs on this list. I'm surprised he wasn't number one, but I think you have a surprise for us at number one.
1: Yeah, and I think Floyd Mayweather did something very smart in his marketability where he said, look, I know none of you like me and I have this undefeated record, and you want me to lose. You want to see me lose? by this fight, and maybe I'll lose, maybe I won't. It was very smart. All right, number one on this list, I went way off the board here. Uh, this guy probably, if you isolate, <laughs> you already know who it is because you can see the list, but if you isolate his actual time as a player, uh, it probably isn't worthy of this spot. But Brett Favre, given that Brett Favre defrauded the people of Missouri for some sort of volleyball program for millions of dollars, makes him the most despicable, in-it-for-the-money piece-of-shit asshole in the history of sports. Brett Favre is just terrible, man. Like, from Wrangler jeans to... Uh, uh, pictures of, 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 uh, of, uh, let's just say <laughs> another regions like of baby the, Brett, mini Brett have to do with money. We're just, <laughs> yeah. We're just, <laughs> I'm just compiling. Yeah. I don't even really need to, but just, just the worst, man. He's the freaking worst.
0: It's, it's remarkable. And Copperfit is the other one that he does. The, and he does the commercials with Jerry Rice where they're playing flag football. Those are always great. Uh, he's always playing football in his commercials, which makes sense, right? He's playing football in Wrangler jeans or he's playing football in, with a copper fit knee brace. Just his whole personality for 20 years in the NFL was just this like, oh, shucks, country boy. You know, oh, I just love to play football. It's all I care about is football. He had like this draw and he was really likable. And then, you know, but there was like a lot going on behind the scenes that people don't really talk about. He had like the painkiller addiction. He had the uh, pictures of Minnie Brett that he was sending to a reporter that looked (laughs) suspiciously (laughs) like his wife. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of them side by side. So it was a very weird situation. You know, very attractive Jets sideline reporter or something like that. But looked a lot like Mrs. Favre, maybe 20 years prior. And then, of course, the crimes that he's committed since defrauding the welfare state. Like we were talking about <laughs> Paul Pierce it. and like how very he, he's done more to hurt his legacy by not committing a crime than anybody else in sports. Well, Brett Favre has committed crimes, and I think he's up there with one of the guys that has hurt his legacy and reputation more than any other athlete uh in, in recent memory for sure.
1: This is a guy who was not only in it for the money he was in it for other people's money he's a complete criminal (laughs) and he's the winner here of the of the list of uh guys in sports in it for the money i know that Neymar was on the list i hate him uh but hey i'm not a journalist i'm just here talking shit brett Favre, scumbag of the highest order so (laughs) scumbag elite (laughs) world-class scumbag brett Favre. Uh, who defrauded the people of Missouri for some sort of fraudulent volleyball program. All right. Well, that wraps it up on our uh, philosophical conversation about money versus winning. That went into a lovely, uh, meat-headed conversation about uh, very specific people. Uh, but thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, we do a lot of sports history stuff and topical stuff here at, at 4040. Uh, top five what ifs we do look backs on legacies Um, we do redrafts so please subscribe go back you can listen anytime the content is evergreen Uh, subscribe to youtube uh, podcasts uh, like spotify and apple i love overcast it's perfect for podcasting Um, and uh, we'll see you again real soon thanks everyone thanks all